Hey guys and gals, we're your hosts, Mackenzie and Sierra, and you're listening to the Girls Gone Gab podcast. Buckle up because we're about to get gabbing. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, I'm like literally about to start crying, but like happy tears not like sad tears okay I had a mental breakdown earlier so these are you know I got the sad tears out of the way but literally we're about to start <laughs> and Mackenzie's just like uncontrollably laughing out of nowhere I'm like what I'm like wait I can't start now uh yeah my last shred of sanity is gone I guess I don't know I literally have no reason for why I just started laughing like we just like got ready to like hit record and then Sierra was gonna like kick off the podcast and then I was like I don't know just silent for a second and then bust out laughing um like did you have an intrusive thought of some kind (laughs) that like literally not at all like mind was completely empty and all I was thinking about was starting the podcast and it's not like we had something hilarious or like secretive to say just started laughing um I'm over here like wow she thought of something real good over there (laughs) and you're like nope just laughing there's no reason I'm like oh cool okay cool cool, cool, yeah let me just um try and gather my thoughts reel it back in reel it in um yeah I don't know I'm just losing my mind uh it just it feels I know I've already said it a million times on the podcast but the more the pandemic goes on, the more I lose my mind. Um, I think like things are getting more back to normal for sure. Like honestly, for the most part, aside from like having to wear a mask in places and like not being able to go like concerts or big events, which only happen really on occasion anyways, my life is pretty normal. Like I'm still able to do, like I'm still doing things socially just with a handful of people, which I only have a handful of friends anyways. Like I don't keep a big circle. I don't typically go out to like big parties often, you know? So I think, I feel like things are back to normal, but you know, 2020 has just taken a toll on all of us. And so there's some lows and then there's times where I just start laughing for no reason. I mean, I told you about my grocery store breakdown earlier, but like, so that was a low just for this week alone. (laughs) But honestly, the Kroger cart got to you. It really did. It really did. Um, Other than that, though, like, like you said, my life really hasn't changed that much when I really think about it. So I'm like, you know what? All is good for the most part. I have my moments, but, you know dust yourself off and try again so we're good you know what it'll be fine yeah exactly I'm like I try to tell myself like it's fine nothing bad is actually happening I don't know if that's better or worse that I'm like you're literally fine stop being sad (laughs) because then I'm like am I just like not allowing myself to be sad or is that the right thing to do because like I should be grateful and nothing's really going wrong but who knows we're all just doing the best that we can and we're trying to get through and I'm like I've got my birthday in a week so that's like something to look forward to so I'm trying to hold on to some hope of that and it's almost like it's depending on when fall starts in your mind fall's kicking off and that's like a my favorite season so I'm trying to get excited for that that was Mackenzie's subtle way of saying, hey, everyone, one more time. My birthday's next <laughs> week, just in case you missed it last time. So don't forget, it's there's next no, week. There's, case, there's no excuse. you have any questions about it, it's next week, guys. <laughs> Basically, I mean, I, I don't have shame about really celebrating my birthday. Um, it is what it is, okay? It's the one time of the year I can... <laughs> celebrate myself with no shame um so I'm gonna take it but I'm I'm trying to in reading our little book that we're reading right now which we'll get into um in the second half of this podcast and also realizing I'm turning 26 trying to you know be better every year so I'm working on that and something that I did today which I'm not good at um, is 
I don't think I told the podcast last time, but I think I told you. I went on one date like a couple weeks ago. And uh, anyways, afterwards, like it, it was good, but it wasn't like great. And afterwards, the next day, I hadn't like texted the guy at all. I wasn't really like that interested myself. Um, not that it was so awful, but you know what I mean. And um, <laughs> he texted me and was like, hey, like, you're great. Just want to let you know, don't see this going anywhere. Um, romantically, like, wish you were best. And I was like, so offended. <laughs> because just because I'm not used to it, because we live in like such a culture of ghosting, but not even ghosting. Like to me, if you don't like reach out to someone after a first date, if both parties don't, that's not really ghosting. That's just like, we're in a mutual understanding that like, neither of us want to see the other one again. Like if you really want, if, if you really wanted to see the other person again and they haven't reached out to you, like reach out to them, you know? like yeah you're empowered to do so so I don't think that I in my mind don't consider that ghosting I don't feel like so hurt if someone doesn't reach out to me after a date and again if I want to see them I'll reach out to them after like a couple days or whatever so I think it was just such a change up from the normal pace and like all girls are like I just want guys to be honest and just be up front and I was like nope straight up not enjoying this right now yeah, um, when you told me this, like I I was that girl. I was like, wow, that sounds so nice. Honestly, someone who just comes out and says what they're feeling. Yeah. Like, that sounds great. And you're like, um, no, that was hurtful. <laughs> like exactly. absolutely Which... not. I'm like, okay, I get it, but like, would you rather be ghosted? And you were like, uh yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think if I was on the outside, I would say the same thing. But it was just the fact that like one we weren't even having a conversation about it and like he's he's totally justified like as I'm telling the story like it was the right thing to do so I'm not like digging on this guy at all um it was totally the right thing to do but I'm like we only went on one date um I wasn't like texting him I hadn't texted him (laughs) we weren't having a conversation about the status of our relationship um I wasn't gonna hit him up for a second date and then just out of nowhere was like um hey like not romantically interested in you like you're great but and even though in my mind I'd already decided I wasn't romantically interested in him I was like how dare you not be romantically (laughs) interested in me which is like excuse me wait hold on but you also didn't you told me you're like but I also didn't want to come back and text him and be like yeah I feel the same way exactly you were like well then I'll sound like I'm just like hateful or like I've been hurt so deeply exactly (laughs) I'm like that truly is the way that I felt I'd already decided after the date like don't really see this going anywhere but I felt like because he texted me that first I couldn't come back and reply to his text and be like uh yeah well I didn't see it going anywhere either you know what I mean because then you just sound so jaded and it's like she's scorned (laughs) yeah and I didn't want to not say anything and then him to think like I'm so hurt I just won't even reply so I just texted back and I was like best of luck to you you're like see you around maybe no he said see you around I was like I will not see you around um but best of luck okay (laughs) (laughs) and not in a mean way but I'm just like no I won't actually see you around but anyways that was like a week ago and it's all fine and good and whatever. And that happened and everyone says they want that. Um, and that's something I'm personally trying to work on because I'm not good with conflict at all. And I hate having to um, like tell people that I'm not interested in them or just like I hate having to like dish out any form of rejection. So, I mean, I think a lot of people do. I think that's like – a hard the reason thing. people that's, ghost that's yeah. a hard thing for most people but yeah it's it's easier to just not deal with it and just like just let it yeah. disappear but yeah exactly so I'm like I'm trying to be a more emotionally mature person um and there was a guy that I went on three dates with actually um back like a couple months ago and um or not a couple months ago, 
And it was like a month ago, uh, like end of July, early August. And he was like the sweetest guy and um, like three really good dates that he like fully planned out and like literally on paper, like checked all the boxes and was like doing everything right. But I just like was not feeling it. Um, I mean, obviously, I liked him enough to go on three dates. It's a big deal if I give someone a second date. But by the third one, I was like, okay, this is kind of like the final effort to see like if it's there or if it's not. And it just like wasn't. And so after the third one, um, it was clear, at least in my um, mind, opinion, experience that he wanted to like see me again. And he still like Snapchat me some things and whatever after the third date. And uh, to, to me, it just seemed very clear that he wanted to keep it moving like on the third date he asked someone to take a picture of us and I like in my mind I that's already a big step that's, I know can we just acknowledge that's that's a big step I know and I like I think I knew already on the date like this is not going anywhere and so but what was I gonna say he was like we should get a picture over there no I was gonna say no you cannot be photographed yeah, with that's me a, that's quite a situation <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, okay, um, so there's some picture of us living on his phone, but um, anyways, at, after all of that had happened, um, like, my work got really busy because I worked at a university, and college was starting back up and stuff, um, and so it was just really busy, and I was like, I just don't feel like I have the emotional capacity to deal with what my decision on this is one way or the other, or to, like, have that confrontational conversation, whatever. And so it's honestly been a few weeks now, which is not the most um, appropriate or beneficial time. But today I was like, okay, like I just need to text that guy and just say like, Hey, I know it's been a while. Um, Sorry that I just kind of like fell off, but I do want to like be upfront and not be that person that just kind of like falls off. And that's how you like assume that I'm not interested. Um, and again, I think it's kind of different with this guy. I wouldn't do that um, with someone that I just went on like one date with, but because we went on three, I think it's a little different. And so I just sent him a message and was like, hey, you know, pretty much everything I just said, like, sorry, it's been a couple of weeks. Didn't mean to just fall off. Just want to be like clear, like you're awesome. Everything was great. Enjoyed your company, but I just like don't see it going anywhere like long term romantically. Um, but like, wish you all the best. And he didn't reply. So, um, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I'm not like offended um, by that. So I'll take that as a good sign. And I'm like, I'm, I'm working, I'm working on myself, trying to get better at conflict and all of the things. We're doing the things that are hard. And yeah, that's all. That's all we can ask for is that we're trying. Yeah, I'm like, it was a baby step. <laughs> I'm like, cause he's like a very nice guy. So I didn't like anticipate him like freaking out um, or anything, but I'm trying to, trying to get better, trying to be better. Nothing else really going on in the dating world lately. There was one guy that did ask me kind of on a date this week, but he was a straight fool. And so did you say straight fool? A straight fool. Um, <laughs> okay. Explain. <laughs> well, we matched on, um, I think, Bumble, maybe. And we were um, talking, and then he'd asked if I wanted to, like, watch a movie. And I was like, like, come over and watch a movie. And I was like, uh, like, sure, like, we can hang out. But, like, I'm just straight up telling you right now, like, I'm not coming over to hook up with you. So, if that's the name of your game, I'm just being honest. <laughs> and you're like, was, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't it, sir. It's not happening. Yeah. And he was like, no worries. Like I legit want to watch an actual movie. And I was like, all right. So gave him a shot and I was like, all right, like eight o'clock or I don't know, whatever. We set it all up because I was getting dinner with a friend beforehand. And um, then it's like, I think I'd said, like, 8 o'clock. Like, we'd arranged everything else but the time. I said, like, 8, question mark, no response. And I was like, all right, uh, fine. So I just stayed home on whatever night that was and watched Love Island, as I do. And then 
I was like over it in my mind. And he'd, he texted me or he'd messaged me on Bumble the next day and was like, like, so sorry. I forgot to check the app. And I'm like, what? That's a lame ass excuse. Like, are you all in a span of like 24 hours when you were talking? He just was like, I would, sorry, I just blacked out for a while. forgot you existed. (laughs) It was like a couple hours. Like we were talking that afternoon, like at like 4 p.m. And like 4 or 5 p.m. And then you just forgot between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. So I'm like, are you just dumb? Anyways. And then, so I just didn't reply to that. Because I'm like, this is really not worth my effort or time. And then he, um, because I think I'd said like, eight o'clock question mark and then just sent him my number and was like just text me because I'm like if we're gonna actually meet up let's just like not do this on the app um so he'd messaged me the next day instead of texting me but then the day after he texted me and he was like I'm so so sorry about the other night like I still want to hang out like do you want to do something later this week so I was like okay sure like do you want to do like a happy hour thing on like Friday Because I'm like, okay, you already lost your first shot. So we're definitely not just hanging out and watching a movie. We're going to, like, actually do something. And he was like, yeah, like, sounds good. We'll go to this place this time, like, at 5 p.m. on Friday. So I texted him at, like, 1.30 in the afternoon on Friday because I was, like, doing work stuff. And I was like, is 5 o'clock still good? And nothing. Just nothing. And I'm like, what was even the point? What was the point, sir? I just, I don't understand. If he ever texts me again, I will not respond. And the thing is, like, I'm not, I wasn't, like, super interested in him. But I was just like, okay, like, sure, I'll go on this, whatever. Waste of my damn time. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) That's the worst. I really haven't had any of those in a long time. Like, I feel like that's such a college thing. Like, such a, like, frat boy college move. I'm like, really? I've been pretty lucky with all the guys I've dated here in Cincinnati. Most of them, like, even though things have not worked out with any of them, um, they've all been mostly mature and act like almost all of them have asked to take me on an actual date without me having to, like, prompt it or steer the relationship in any type of way and just have not flaked. I really, I've never been, like, fully I guess, I mean, maybe you could count Friday as being stood up, but I didn't go to the place. I was like, mm, no. Yeah. I'm assuming this is a no. I don't, but, I've never been stood up either. Yeah. I'm like, I've but, never been like flat out stood up, but I have, I've never been like majorly flaked on like that. And I'm just like, nope. No, thank I, you, sir. I have canceled on people before though. Like I have done that. Not but like not replied. I mean, I've probably not replied, but not when it was, like, set the same day. Like, not when it was, like, hey, today, you still good? And it's not like I didn't reply then. It was, like, someone asked me if I wanted to go to dinner, like, either the same day or, like, the next day. And because I knew that I didn't want to, I just didn't respond. Yeah, but you didn't reply yes and then not reply. Correct. Specifics. Okay, I was, like... Then I would wait and, and I played the whole, sorry, I didn't see this message card. Like, even though 100% I saw the message. And yeah, I like, that's just dinner. such <laughs> bullshit. It's 2020. You didn't look at your damn phone all night. Sorry for just getting, you know, a little heated. It's And it's not even about this guy. It's because I'm, like, such a type A person that I'm, like, you You're, oh, like, please. no excuses. You're, like, yeah, I'm, like Oh, you didn't see your phone? You didn't check your message? What are you doing? What's going on? (laughs) You know, I'm like, I've got a calendar, um, like, event on my Outlook. I'm ready. I'm prepared. You're like, this isn't, like, a notifications issue. Like, this is a you issue. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, all right. Well, good luck, buddy. Um, Better luck next time. Yeah, good luck out there. So now we're going to dive into the second half of our episode for today, which will be talking about chapters four through six of The Road Back to You, which is the book we're reading for our book club currently. So if you haven't listened to our first episode on 
the book club from last week, go on and go back and watch, um, or not watch, I guess, listen to that one first. Stop what before you're doing. We... <laughs> yeah. And listen to, um, that one first, just so you get a little bit of background on the Enneagram, um, before diving into this one. Cause today we'll be talking about three specific types, um, of the Enneagram. So we'll be talking about type nine, which is the peacemaker. Um, and then type one, which is the perfectionist and type two, which is the helper. Yeah. And I will say just before we start this whole thing, um, whenever I took like a couple of Enneagram tests, you know, almost like a month ago now, um, the three common like numbers that came up for me were four, which is the one that I think I actually am and nine and then two. So reading these like chapters really got me all conflicted because I was like, yeah, nine somewhat sounds like me in some ways. And then two sounds like me in some ways. But again, I'm still thinking that four is like for real me um, cause I have a lot of feelings and I'm, you know, having a hard time admitting that I do, but I do. So it was interesting though, like being able to relate to both of those numbers, even though they are kind of different. Yeah, I, I can agree. I think I thought for a while, I thought I was an eight, but reading the eight chapter clarified for me that I'm not an eight. Cause I mean, if you really look at eights, they talk about how they love conflict and, um, like confrontation which I just described I hate I absolutely hate so like if that's one of the like cornerstones of being an eight like it ain't me um and then I also think I have a lot of one qualities and people might mistake me as a one um but like reading it once again like clarified for me that I'm not a one yeah I think that this you know these three chapters really helped drive home that like okay I don't think I'm these numbers wholeheartedly for a, B, and C reasons, um, especially two more that I read about too. I was like, yeah, I don't think this is me at all, yeah. but nine still kind of resonates with me and I'll tell why when we get into it. But like one is interesting too, because that is my security number. So even though I am a four, one is my security number and I'm like, okay, I can see how when I am you know, thriving, that's the word I like to use, that I can have type one qualities. Yeah, definitely. Even, even though, again, on the outside, I may not be like one, I do have some tendencies. So yeah. it's all very interesting about how they connect with each other. Yeah, how they interrelate, which something just to touch on before we get into all of it, it's kind of like a bone I have to pick with the Enneagram because I feel like <laughs> There's only like, nine. You've got beef with the Enneagram. <laughs> you heard it? No, just like, <laughs> I guess it's around the validity of it or the rules of it all. The fact that there's nine types and, um, you know, you have your wing, you have your true number and then you have your number that you can wing to, which is like your two adjacent numbers. Again, if none of this is making sense to you, you got to go back and listen to the first episode where we kind of break this all down. But, um, so you have your one number that's like your true number and then the two adjacent to you, which I thought you could only wing one way. And that's I know. What the, and then that's we what learned the, by yeah. our friend, Angela, giving her a shout out. She told us that like you can actually wing towards both. Like you can wing towards one in certain times and then the other in other times. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Which I'm not saying Angela's wrong because she knows way more about this than I do. Um, but to me, I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Um, because in the book, again, she knows more than I do. So I'm sure that's like the actual truth of the Enneagram, but in the book, they definitely make it seem like you're either one wing or the other. And then I, on top I do, I do think that you probably have a dominant wing. Yeah. But so I think that you could still pick up some traits from either side. Yeah. But Here's the thing. If you're one number, then you can wing two different ways. And then you're also a different number, like two totally different numbers in stress and security. You're five out of the nine personality types. And so I just think 
like maybe that's true because people are multifaceted and you know fluid and changing but I'm like well sure you're gonna like you're relate gonna, to all of them <laughs> yeah you're gonna be able to relate if like I don't know. I I can't put into words what I'm trying to describe right now, but like, of course it's going to seem valid if you get to pick out five of the nine. Yeah. Yeah. See, but like, that's how I was feeling towards the beginning of this as I'm just like, I feel like I'm all of these, like I'm all of these. And you're like, no, you're (laughs) like, no, no. Like I'm definitely only one of them and one of them only. And I'm like, I don't know. I just kind of feel like I'm all of them. But then you know, we were just like joking that, um, okay, well maybe that's just like the individualist in me that I just think that I'm so unique and I am all this, but you know, it, it is like, it gets complicated the more you dive in and you're just like, Hmm, you know, how how true, how valid is it all? You know, like how accurate can this be if it's your everything? (laughs) Yeah. You're, if you're everything all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you gotta take everything with a grain of salt. I think there's still something to be learned from it, but that's just something I've been reflecting on. I'm like, this is too much, too many numbers. <laughs> I'm not all of these all of the time. Um, but I mean, it is, it does make more sense when you think about how, you know, one person will act more like this number when they're feeling this way or this, you know, you might act more like this number when someone's criticizing you or something like that. Like, so it it does make sense because I think everyone's reactions and again, motivations is a big part of the Enneagram and like struggles and fears, like all of those things are unique to a person. And I think that that's why we have so many different numbers because I'm sure one personality type can't explain all of those facets of our being. Yeah. I think that's why we have to have all these diagonal lines and sides and right and left and up and down because it's like, it's complicated. Yeah. I, I agree. And last bone I have to pick. (laughs) (laughs) Give me, give me. It's just also, but in the book, it states in the beginning, like you, they claim that you do not change numbers. Like whatever your core number is, is your core number through life. And maybe it really is because it's hard to like fully think back to like younger ages and like be able to truly remember um, how you felt or what your personality was. Of course, we have like memories of it, but it's hard to really know. But I think I definitely had more one um, traits like earlier in life and I think I've evolved to be more of a three um but maybe not maybe I'm just living a lie and I thought I was a one and now I just understand better and that's how I know I'm a three but yeah so those are just like my cons um yeah preface to everything but we'll go on and dive in to type nine which is the peacemaker okay so quick description of Sorry, I just said a description. It's like real weird. I'm going to start over. So quick description of type nine um, is that they will do almost anything to avoid conflict. Um, Not usually self-starters. They get lost in trivial tasks and they choose the path of least resistance. Yeah. So I know you said you feel like you kind of relate to some of the type nine um, qualities, people that come to mind in my life, um, that aren't you are, I think my mom's a type nine, which I told her literally just before this podcast. And I think she agrees. She said she like resonates with the nine and the six, but I think she, I think she thinks she's a nine more so. And I really think she's a nine, before reading these three chapters, I'll say I was unsure if she would be a nine or a two. But after reading this, I personally feel like she's a nine and not a two. Yeah, I- which I think that's interesting because I think that your mom and I are kind of similar, actually. Like, yeah, not that I know your mom like more than you or anything like that. But I think that we are kind of similar in some ways. And I think like you and my mom are kind of similar. 
which is yeah. like a random thing. Yeah. So I think you got to have like that. You have to be able to compliment each other. Like in order for me and your mom to exist and be as big and bold and sometimes like steamrolling as we can, we have to be around people like nines to let us do that. Um, I also think that potentially, I'm not sure that um, my friend, one of my best friends that I've literally been friends with since first grade, and I think Anne will could be a nine. She also is very similar to my mom. My mom has always loved her. She's like, Anne's amazing. Anne's great. I'm like, yeah, y'all are the same person. So like, <laughs> I could be fighting with Anne and she'd be like, Anne is in the right here. And I'm like, mom um <laughs> so they're very similar and then I'm uh, again I'm unsure because I don't know anyone else's experience of themselves but just from the outside I think my brother definitely has nine qualities um I'm unsure because he's definitely more like outgoing and stuff when he's with his friends versus in like our family dynamic so it's hard to tell but he definitely has nine um qualities within our family makeup yeah I think um which those quick descriptions like none of those like really sound great but like nines are like genuinely like sweet like yeah tender people okay that quick description did not really do it justice those those are kind of like negative traits um so don't get it twisted nines are not just like meandering through life all at all times like they're very like Again, they're the peacemaker. They're those yeah, people that are like lovable people. Yeah, I think and I really I know. I mean, okay, words. Um the Enneagram in general, you have to remember focuses not focuses, but at least this book I feel like highlights almost the negative qualities more than it highlights the positive ones, and I think that's a good thing because we can grow from it instead of just focusing on how great we are. Like I'm kind of scared to read my chapter because I'm going to just feel called out. Yeah. That being said, I think it's productive. And before any of my nines, mom and Michael, if you're listening, I mean this in the most genuine way because, (laughs) you know, there's some negative things about the nines, but in my opinion, and it's just my opinion um, because they all have pros and cons the nine is more genuine and like better, quote unquote, better. There's no better or worse. But in my mind, a nine is better than a two. It's it's about, I think it's more about like intention. The motivation. Yeah. yeah like the motivation. are accommodating and, you know, they kind of, like I said, the word that just comes to mind is kind of get steamrolled a lot because they want to accommodate they want to keep the peace like they want to put others preferences first from like a genuine place whereas the twos which we'll get into um later they they have a little bit more selfish motivation yeah they want to do things to get things in return and that's not how nines are and so at first I thought oh the helper like that's my mom because she's always helping people like she puts other people first but I'm like it's definitely not in a way where she like wants things back in return so that's where I see the nine more so and the people in my life yeah and I'll kind of talk about it later when we get to that too but the part about nines that like struck a chord with me personally is about you know not being self-starters and like getting lost with trivial tasks because I have a hard time yeah like accomplishing the things that I want to accomplish And so that's hard for me because the perfectionist in me, which is the next one that we're going to get to, like that hinders me from completing things because I just, I get distracted or I distract myself because I'm like, well, maybe I don't know how to do that correctly or perfectly. So I'm just going to distract myself with this like super meaningless other thing that I can pass the time with. So it's a downfall of mine for sure. And I think that's why I kind of thought I was a nine there for a minute. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And again, I say this wholeheartedly and sincerely (laughs) in the most loving way, (laughs) in the most loving way, knowing that I bring a lot of flaws to the table. Like my strength is getting things done. My weakness is 
steamrolling people and not having that emotional side that people like you or my mom have. So in my mind, because it's one of my like pet peeves, it's, it's a pet peeve because for me, because I'm a three and I get things done very quickly and I know how quote unquote easy it can be for me to get things done. When I see like my mom has a project that she's working on or a to-do list or something and she doesn't get around to it or like, will do something else or like doesn't take it on quickly or same thing like with you, like just like small things like getting online banking set up. I'm like, y'all are killing me. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) Like even earlier, like yesterday you were like, do you need me to post on social media? And I'm like, I got it. You know, I just like, hadn't gotten around to it yet, but like, I'm working on it, you know, like I would work on it for like a few minutes and then I'd be like, I don't know if I like this picture, so I'm just going to, like, wait, and I'll come back to it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, no. Like, I start something, and then I just finish it right then and there. So it's my, quote, unquote, like, pet peeve. But not, like, a Sears just, like, bothering me or my mom's bothering me. But it internally bothers me because I know how quickly things can be done. But I know that mentally you guys don't see things in the same way that I do. But I'm like, let's just do it. Um. And so, yeah, I do, I do see like that little trait in you, not to be mean. Call me out. It's okay. I, I see it too. I'm like, oh, that's me. Just <laughs> There it is. There it is. Yeah. I'm like, there'll, there'll be plenty of bad things about me. And something, one of the quotes that I noted was that nines already feel like their preferences and presence matter less than other people's. The last thing they need is for you and I to co-sign that BS. And I'm like, that's me as a three, because again, I um, can just like take up a lot of space in I think relationships and the room and just in general, if I'm with people that will easily allow me to do so. I'm not trying to place the blame on nines, but if someone's like, oh yeah, like I don't care where we go or they're just quieter in general, or they let me talk on and on. I just take that as like, that's their preference. And I'll do my own thing. And I don't like, I don't consciously like realize that I'm doing that. I'm not trying to overpower. It's just how I am. And I just think, in my mind, I think, well, if they had a problem, they would voice it or let me know, because that's what I would do. Yeah, but But that's that's not what they would do. That's not the case. Yeah. And one thing too, like, me personally, and I don't think I'm a nine, but like when I'm presented with a lot of options or a lot of tasks, like I sometimes don't know where to start. I don't know even where to begin. I'm like, do I start just at the top of the list or do I do like whatever's going to take the longest? Maybe I should do what takes the shortest amount of time. Like, should I start at the bottom of the list and work my way up? Like, you know what I mean? So that that is how I will think sometimes. And then I don't mm-hmm. get anything done. And I feel like that's sometimes a nine. Um, yeah. And another thing, too, is that, like, nines have the ability, because they're mediators by nature, they have the ability to kind of see both sides. Um, and I feel like if we're talking astrological signs for a second, I'm a Gemini. And a lot of people miss judge I guess Gemini's for being like two-faced like I hear that a lot and I'm like ouch um but but really I think Gemini's are misunderstood um and I think a lot of times we are two people like we're the twins because we are kind of like you know we can go with the flow we can see two sides of everything um and so I kind of resonate with that as well yeah Um, I, I agree. Um, something that was interesting (laughs) to me, and again, I'm not just like trying to call the nines out. This is just what's in the book. Okay. The book said it, not me. Um, we'll have plenty of calling me out next week when we get to the threes, um, was about how, you know, nines like seem so peaceful because they are the peacemaker and they accommodate to everyone else, but they're actually in the, um, like anger triad. So if you remember, yeah, the first so interesting. Episode, they're in the anger triad, which means that's like what, um, kind of like their emotions. And one of the quotes that I found interesting says nines are loaded with unresolved anger, but they're afraid of experience 
they're afraid of the experience of letting it out will be um, too overwhelming. So they fall asleep to it and just kind of, you know, like push it away. And I think that can be true for the nines in my life. Again, I'm not trying to diagnose anyone. This is just my outside three experience of these people um, that they are very peaceful. And so for me as a three, like I said, I can take up a lot of room. I have a lot of um, preferences and opinions and can tend to dominate sometimes. And in my mind, all of the nines the whole time are like, well, whatever you want to do, or they're quiet or they take the back passive, they're passive and they don't say anything. Or like if they do have a problem with something, they don't voice it. And then into passive aggressive. And then out of nowhere, I'll feel like they like blew up on me or like they make a comment that's like they're just really annoyed with whatever it is that I said or did. Or sometimes nines will like turn into like a recluse. Yeah. You know, like they'll be so upset that they just like go silent, like they just ghost and you're like, okay, what the heck is wrong? Like, what did I do to you? Yeah, exactly. I think. Um, I'll just use my mom as an example because she'll <laughs> like she can definitely, you know, it's not like we fight or argue often, but if we do, she'll just like out of nowhere, <laughs> like whatever I do or say, it's just like the final straw, and then she'll like flip out for like five seconds, and like I whatever she says or does, and then. I'll try to be like, well, let's, let's examine this a little bit further. Like, what's the issue? What's the problem? Like, why are you flipping out right now? And she's like, no, no, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> and she'll just Because like, you're, you're more of like the problem solver. Like, let's look at some steps to like overcome this. <laughs> well, That's I'm just... not even, I'm not a big conflict person. I'm trying to be better at that. Yeah, like, but I've you are pretty about... like logical. So yeah, even though you may not be trying to like get to the root of the issue, you want to be like, let's just like get this over with and out of the way. Or I'm just like, what the heck? I'm like, <laughs> you're fine. Totally fine. And then I say like one small thing and you just like lose it. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced this with like different people, not just my mom. I'm just using her as an example. And then, you know, she totally shuts off and I'm like, no, uh, no, no, ma'am. Um, you can't just act like that. And then I just think we're going to leave this conversation because I, in my mind, maybe this is the achiever in me. I, again, I haven't read my chapter yet, but I always want to be better. I'm not great at conflict, but one thing I think I do excel at is I'm always trying to be a better version of myself. That doesn't mean I succeed at it. Doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I'm always trying to be better. So if someone's upset with me, like the biggest thing I want to do is know like why they're upset with me and how I can fix it to be a better person, to have a better relationship in the future. So when someone just like passive aggressively makes a comment or gets upset with me and then shuts off and goes into silent mode, what am I supposed to do with that? How can I get better? How can I make you feel better if I don't even know what's wrong in the first place? Yeah. But see, nines don't like conflict, so they're not going to want to bring up the why and the reasoning behind it. Yeah. But one thing that I thought was interesting um, is that kind of underlying feeling that nines have that they have just been like overlooked or like Mm -hmm. that they're unimportant and that like supposedly, you know, nines – you know, in their childhood potentially might feel like just unvalidated or like, again, they're just less important than others. They just have this underlying like feeling of unimportance. And so when you think about it in that way, you know, in the book, they even say, so yeah, if you grew up your whole life feeling that way, you would be angry. You know, you would be angry at people not like making you feel less than and I'm like yeah that makes sense even though supposedly nines are the peacemaker they're kind of suppressing a lot those of those feelings yeah yeah that's the that's the quote that I saw my brother in um and not because my parents at all like you know abused my brother or told him that he was <laughs> or anything like that um but again I was just the louder kid. I had a lot of preferences. I had a lot of opinions. I was the performer. I was the one with, you know, the big personality and whatever. And so I think because I was older, 
and I had that personality, he came into my world. You know what I mean? I didn't exactly. I didn't come into his world. And so (laughs) it was just my world. It was my world. And he was just living in it kind of thing. And Um, see, I, I don't feel that way. So I think this is why I was like, I don't really know if I'm a nine because I don't feel that way. I don't feel like I'm being overlooked or like, I'm just not important. Like I feel like I am talented. I just don't know how to like hone my talent and make it matter. Like make it, make it special. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I am important or I could be important, but like, I just struggle on like how to get there, how to achieve it. Um, Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, I don't really think I'm a nine. And again, like I'm the younger sibling. So I'm like your brother, you know, I, I came second, but I don't feel less, less than or overshadowed by my older sibling. Actually, I feel like he would be the opposite. Like my, I feel like my older sibling, like once I came into the world and I started, you know, singing and dancing and doing once I started things, being a superstar, I started being awesome um, I think, um, he was kind of like, okay, cool. It's the Sierra show now. Like, but my parents were kind of like, okay, but you're old enough now to kind of like take care of yourself and we're going to focus on yeah. her cause she's younger. So, I mean, I'm, it's a different dynamic there, but yeah, that's definitely interesting. Yeah. Like, and I don't think he feels that way now. Like he knows that my parents like both of us equally, if anything, he's easier to handle. Um, and <laughs> And I don't think that he thinks that I feel that way either, but it just goes back to personality types. It wasn't that they preferred me or that I thought I was better than him, but he was just a quieter kid. He was more shy. He didn't have as many preferences. So because my voice was just louder in that environment, we tended to do more things around me. And I think as a kid, he probably kind of had some of that, um, mentality at least so I have to take some responsibility for that as the three um so kind of moving in to the end of the chapter on the nine we'll touch briefly on the wings and their stress and security numbers for each type so the different wings for a nine or are a nine wing eight which is described as being more energized, confident, stubborn, outgoing, and inner-directed than the nine-wing ones. Um, Nine-wing eights have more access to anger and express it more openly if they or others are threatened. So, Um, again, remembering that eights are that more, like, domineering personality. So these people, I guess, are just more, more open to sharing when they're angry. Yeah, and then um, a nine-wing one is described as being more critical, orderly, introverted, and passive-aggressive than other nines. And then their stress. Um, nines, when they're in stress, they act like unhealthy sixes, um, which means they become overcommitted, um, worried, and maybe rigid. And then when they are in security, they act like healthy threes. <clears throat> Excuse me. which means they're more goal-oriented, decisive, self-confident, and in touch with their life's agenda. All right, moving in to type one, which is the perfectionist. A quick description of this type is that they're overly critical and judgmental. They beat themselves up when they make mistakes. They don't feel comfortable relaxing, and they're disappointed when others don't do their part. Yeah, one thing that was interesting about the ones, which again, the one is my security number. So I, I, I hate sounding like, yeah, I resonate with every single number. But again, <laughs> this one is a part of my chart, if you will. Um, I do kind of have that critical eye, but, but I think it's mostly like with myself. Um, like I'm just very critical of myself and my own works which again like I've already mentioned kind of hinders me from accomplishing things that I want to do so um I think that's kind of how I could relate and also I thought this was interesting because it kind of mentions that ones are um again they perceive like what's wrong in the world like they they see all the things that are wrong and they 
want to fix it. Mm-hmm. And whenever we did, when did we talk about our pet peeves? Was it like, I think it was like the first episode. Maybe it was then, or maybe it was, I don't remember, but remember when I said um, that pet peeves were like grammar? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um, that's the one coming out in me is like, I do notice like errors a lot. Like I do think I'm more like a percep- perceptive person. Um, so especially with like documents and things, I'm like, um, oh, you missed a comma there, whatever. So that's annoying. I'm like, I don't like that I do that, but I definitely do. <laughs> yeah. I think I, like I talked a little bit about already, um, I used to think I was more of a one or not even a one because I really didn't get into the Enneagram until recently, but I definitely used to self-identify as a perfectionist. And I've really realized through more studying of the Enneagram um, that I'm not a one, but also I'm just really not a perfectionist in general. Um, I, I think people that are quote type A are almost always just thrown into the same category with perfectionists that they're one and the same, but I don't think that they necessarily are the more that you really look at um, the description of each. So I'm a very orderly person. I'm very neat. I'm very clean. I like things to aesthetically look very pleasing. I'm a hard worker, all of those types of things that I think can be lumped in with a perfectionist. Um, But I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a one. Um, I definitely can relate to some of the qualities, but I don't have that, um, like moral good and bad, um, conflict. And I think that's kind of like, um, it's kind of like the foundation of the one, like, yeah, the foundation are good or bad. Yeah. The foundation of the one is more so like wanting things to be perfect to kind of better the world or to kind of like make make things right because they have this sense of right and wrong similar to like the eight um being like a very right wrong black and white kind of thinker um I think the ones are kind of similar in that way yeah Uh, and I thought it was interesting too because when you think perfectionist at first you do think neat orderly organized but one of the quotes um, I see you have here is like, not all ones are fixated on like, you know, whether or not their house is clean or tidy, but more so just like their need to be good, be a good person and improve like everything around them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought that was interesting. And um, I think, so ones are also in the anger triad, right? Are they like the last one? Yep. And um, yes, they're the last one. Yeah. So I thought that's interesting, too, because it also mentions that resentment is kind of more so what they are feeling, maybe not anger, but like just resentment, maybe for things not, again, being right or being correct. Yeah, they don't think they feel like other people aren't trying as hard as they are. They aren't following on the rules. They aren't acting for the better of society like the one is Mm -hmm. um but yeah just to kind of backtrack a little bit on what you said about not all ones being fixated on the flaws in their environment um for me that's something that for a long time was a one quality in me because I like everything to be very neat very clean but I also like it to look very pretty which is more of a three quality Um, And I know a lot of ones actually in my life and they're not like me. And I'm not saying like, oh, they have no style. No, I'm not saying (laughs) that. But I'm just saying like things that would bother me about the way that my house looks or the way that my office space looks or my car or just anything like that. I think like, oh, that's like me being neat and orderly and perfectionist. But, but really that's aesthetic type of thing. That's like an image conscious thing of the three. Whereas a one, I think it's important to note that um, the perfectionist wants to be good and right, but there's no one definition of what good and right is. It's whatever is good and right to them. Yeah. 
So what's good and right to me may not be what's good and right to the ones in my life. So they may think that they're living up to, you know, these perfect standards, but that doesn't mean they're the same perfect standards that you would implement, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I just think that's kind of interesting. It's really all based on what they kind of value or what they see as wrong or their perception. Yeah. Diving into the wings of the one, a one wing two is described as introverted, warm, helpful, and empathetic, but they can also be more critical and controlling. And then the one wing nine tends to be more introverted, detached, relaxed, more idealistic, and objective. Yeah. And then there's stress and security numbers. Um, so when ones are, um, and stress, they take on the unhealthy parts of four. Um, so their inner critic works overtime. They resent others, are sensitive to criticism, and can be depressed, which, man, that hurts because I <laughs> am a four. Um, but when ones are in security, they take on the great qualities of sevens. Um, which means they're more self-accepting, more spontaneous, open to trying new things, and can see both um, and versus either or. Yeah. And something that I just really enjoyed at the end of the one chapter um, was the quote, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Um, And I just think that's really good. And not to circle back again to me, but I think Like I said in the beginning, I don't know. Do you really stay one number your whole life or do you evolve into different ones? I know the book says no, but maybe you do. Um, And I think I definitely used to have more one qualities. I was more rigid for sure. And then I just really hit a point in my life where like nothing is ever going to be perfect. You can't make anything perfect. You know, the world, you can't control the world. Um, And so I just really liked that quote and just kind of like embracing um and accepting the imperfections of life and that's kind of like what makes it real and good and all that stuff and then the last type um in these three chapters is type two which is the helper so now we've moved into the heart triad um so people who are more um i guess controlled by feelings in their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, the type two, again, is the helper. And a quick description of them is that they don't know how to say no to helping others. Uh, they usually know what other people um, need or want. Um, these people um, are comfortable with giving more than receiving. Um, they like it when people do th- unexpected things for them. And um one of the quotes says, I want you to be happy, but I want to be the reason, which that's like, again, that motivation to get something in return rather than the more selfless um, nine. nine. That's more like peacemaker. I see both sides. I just want everyone to be happy. This is, I want to be happy, but I want to be the reason that you're happy. <laughs> so that's the difference there with twos. Um, and I think again, one of the reasons why I'm kind of mistyped myself there when I was just learning about the Enneagrams was because for me, um, I am one of those people that is more like, like, I don't know how to say no sometimes. And I'm more just kind of like, but I, cause I'm go with the flow, but both nines and twos are kind of just like go with the flow, like kind of people. And so I think I just like mistyped myself. Um, but I think the more I read this chapter, I was like, no, I don't think this is me. Yeah. Two was definitely one of the ones I would say the two and the eight, which is ironic because at first I thought I might be an eight, but the two, eight, like some of the things I read about them, I'm like, what? This is whack. Um, no, <laughs> like, I'm so sorry for you if you're a two because this is hurtful if this I'm is just... you but again we love you like we have to have people like you in the world like you are the helpers of the world but still out yeah some of this I was just like can't relate I, the <laughs> only thing I could relate to was liking 
or like feeling wanting to feel like needed I am someone that likes to like take care of everything like I'm the one that sets up the plans I coordinate I'm the planner I'll I'll get it all taken care of kind of person but I'm also not someone that this sounds bad but I don't like overextend myself for others I'm not doing like crazy acts of service but I do like to be like a reliable help person yeah helper I don't know two is my stress number yeah so when I am in stress I take the negative parts of the two so this one actually did kind of hit home for me because I'm like ew I don't want this but (laughs) I guess I do kind of feel that need to like feel important or like to feel like validated by people yeah I want people to acknowledge me if I if I do something because otherwise I'm like I just did this which like I do I do struggle with that which sounds so whack and so selfish I know because yeah I should want to do things out of the goodness (laughs) of my heart and I do but I know I have like vented to my mom before about like doing something at work or like again saying yes to everything and like feeling like I'm running myself ragged and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and then like I don't get a thank you I'm like rude yeah everyone's rude I'm like I am breaking my back over here and I I need someone to tell me I'm doing a good job (laughs) yeah (laughs) which even though we don't like heavily relate to the twos we do have to acknowledge that it's in our triad so Sierra's a four and I'm a three so we are in our little like family (laughs) hub um and the these are people (laughs) yeah the theme of the threes is that they want the approval of others whether you're a two three or four you want the approval of others so um I think that's kind of where like I like to be like the person that's in charge and I'm running the show and you are like Mackenzie's doing a great job planning this party I know I'm like take the wheel girl you do that but also, if I do, like, one small thing, I'm like, um, are you going to tell me how great I am at that one thing that I did, even though you did 17 cool things? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I read the, the the one part I could relate to of the two was there was a story in there about how this husband was um, a two and his wife was, like, working really hard at work and having, like, a stressful time. And so he, like, cleaned the whole house and he, like, made her a special dinner or something like that and got her flowers and like put it on the table and just like went all out. And then she came home and she like didn't even notice it. And then when she did, she was just like, Oh, thanks. And he was like, so upset. And I'm like, boy, I would have been too. Me too. I would have been like, um, it's over. I mean, it's over for you and me. Like this isn't going to work out anymore because do you not see this? Yeah. Like this beauty I created for you. That sounds so selfish, but like, I don't know. I, I do like to do big things and nice things for other people because I love them. But I also do like from an honest standpoint, like I expect them to be like, oh my gosh, Mackenzie, this is so sweet. This is amazing. <laughs> How did you do this? And if they, you know, I don't expect them to just like praise me forever and ever. But if they just straight up didn't acknowledge it or were just like, oh, that's cool. I'm hurt my feelings are hurt because I like put effort into it. Yeah. Which that's understandable. But again, these are our people. So, (laughs) so to kind of touch on the more positive side of twos, because they're not all negative. Again, I just think this book kind of highlights the negative qualities of each type. Um, But one of the quotes I liked was twos accept you just as you are. They aren't judgmental and they create a space both physically and emotionally in which people can speak from their hearts and experience. So they're those types of people that are really easy to talk to and vent to. And um, they do have a genuine side to them. Yeah. And that goes back to part of their description about like knowing the needs of others. Like they're just really in tune to like when people need things you know whether it be emotionally physically mentally spiritually like twos are just really in tune to other people I guess they're just really like you know empathetic people yeah and I think they're wanting to help other people and wanting something in return is less about them not caring about the person they do care about the person that they're helping um but 
the the need or the want for validation that has to do with like their own ego their own self-esteem their own need for love more than it invalidates their love for the other person if that makes sense right but it also mentions that sometimes the greatest quality of twos is their worst quality Mm -hmm. So even though they are very helpful, very understanding, very non-judgmental, like that's also almost like the worst part because sometimes they can kind of be that overly caring, giving person without really taking into account like what the other person wants or needs. It might just be like, you know, them projecting their help onto people when people are uncomfortable with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I think I don't, I really can't name someone that I think is a core two in my life, but I do know some people that resonate with some of the parts of two. Um, And there's definitely, I can like think of times or occasions, like very small things, but where they like to give advice on like small things like, oh, you should switch to hefty trash bags. And I'm like, no. Um, I already did my market research on trash bags. I know what I want. Like, thank you for the random unsolicited advice. <laughs> but <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, I'm already competent enough. I know what I'm doing. I don't need your advice on whatever, like, this random small thing is. But they feel like even on, like, small things like that, they're like, oh, no, you really need to do this. Or, like, have you ever tried this diet? You know, like, they're those type of people that are mm-hmm. like, I'm just trying to help you by giving you this advice. And I'm like, I don't need it. I don't want Yeah. It. See, and that's, like, kind of more of a negative helper. But, like, see, I know some people that are great, good, kind-hearted, genuine people that, like, you know, would give their shirt off their back for you. Um, like, just would go above and beyond to help anyone they know. But also it's like to their detriment because it's also sometimes like, okay, but like I know a two that like doesn't have much to give, but gives Mm -hmm. anyway. And I'm like, okay, sometimes you give too much and then it ends up hurting you in the end. And so that's also like I can think of someone in my life that does that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've seen that as well. So wrapping up with the wings of the two. A two wing one is concerned about doing things properly and they want to be seen as dependable or responsible. And then a two wing three is a little bit more ambitious, image conscious, competitive, extroverted, and sometimes seductive. Seductive. <laughs> That's my type. <laughs> so um, when twos are in stress, they are unhealthy eights. Um, which means they can be demanding, controlling, and maybe blame others for their unhappiness. Um, When twos are in security, they move to the healthy side of fours. Um, They're okay with not having to pretend to love everyone, understand the need for self-care, and can focus inward. All right, so that wraps up these um, chapters for this week's book club. Um, next time you hear from us, we'll be talking about chapters seven, eight, and nine. And also it'll be, um, right after Mackenzie's birthday weekend. So hopefully we might, hopefully we'll have some stories to tell. Yeah, we might. I'm going to go on and say, we're probably going to have to do a two-parter next week. Yeah, because we're getting into (laughs) our own territory and... We're just probably going to have a lot to say. Yeah, I'm like, if we're going to cover my birthday weekend and we're going to cover my type and your type and then a whole nother type, we're going to have a lot to say. Yeah. So, so it might, it'll probably be two parts. Yeah, and it's probably going to be interesting. So <laughs> just buckle up, you guys, and we'll see you next time.